so thankful that there's such a good spirit here because I'm going to talk about something that is vitally important in our lives and in our walks. I want to ask a question uh, before I begin to read this and before Chris puts up the background. How many desire for God to use you tonight? Let me see your hands. You want God to use your life. How many want the blessings of God in your life? Amen. You want the favor of God in your life. Amen. If you want all those things, and I believe every single one of us do, we're going to talk about a word tonight that is vital to us having the blessings of God, having the favor of God, and having God use us. Put it up there if you would, Chris. I want to talk about this word right here, integrity. Amen. Vital. Vital in the church world. Vital as a Christian. Vital in... in uh, being an example of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, as we begin to get into this tonight, none of us walk in full integrity. Not a person on the earth does, except Jesus when he walked the earth. But we do know that the Bible said that Job, and we're going to read a little bit from Job here, the Bible said he was blameless. And so what that means is we are not perfect, but we can strive for perfection. And we can be walking in a way that pleases the Lord. And we can be walking in a way that everything we do carries the spirit of integrity. I want to read what integrity means in, in the dictionary. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. A moral uprightness. How many know that that is something so drastically, horribly lacking in our nation and in our world? In general, amen? Uh, from our government to um, schools to everything, every, 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 all across the board, there's a lack of integrity. And, and obviously, that creeps into the church, and we have to fight against that, and we have to make sure that we are walking the way God wants us to walk. Some of the synonyms, synonyms sorry, are honesty, rectitude, honor, good character, principle, morals, ethics, morality, virtue, decency, Fairness, sincerity, truthfulness, and trustworthiness. Those are all attributes that we should, as believers, be desiring to have in our lives. As I begin to go into this tonight, don't take this as a, as a, as a condemnation. Don't take this as, as something that says, man, I'm, I can't ever live up to that. Because if we begin to think that way, why, we, why even try? But we understand that God can, inside of us, work through us as we get closer and closer to God and walk in his holiness, that we can be like Christ. Amen? And that should be our desire tonight. And so, as I said in the beginning, if we want to be used by God, if we want to have his favor and we want to have his blessings, we have to walk in integrity. Job 27, verse 1 through 5. Read it with me if you will. Did I already tell you Job 27? Okay. Moreover, Job continued his discourse. And said, as God lives, and we all know what Job's going through at this time. I don't have time to go into that. Who has taken away my justice and the Almighty who has made my soul bitter. As long as my breath is in me and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness. Nor my tongue utter deceit. Far be it from me that I should say you are right, he's talking to his friends, till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. Father, for the next few minutes, challenge us as believers. Lord, when we grow 
it's because we're being challenged. We don't grow by, by lack of resistance. There has to be resistance in our lives to cause us to grow. And Lord, we pray tonight that we would be the men and women that you have called us to be, that we would walk in the spirit of integrity, understanding that, God, it's impossible to be that person without you, but with you, we can do all things. We ask that you would anoint our minds and our spirits and, and cause us to, Lord, rise up to the challenge tonight to be the most integral persons, to be people of character and integrity in every area that we can. And Satan, we bind you and, and, and rebuke you and command you to get out of our lives, out of our church, out of our families, out of our thought life, and especially the accusations that you bring against us to cause us to feel unworthy. Because we know without Jesus we are unworthy, but with Jesus we are very worthy tonight. And we thank God for that. And devil, you're a liar, and God is truth. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. As we see this, as Job says these words, we can understand fully how powerful these words are coming from a man who has lost everything. I'm not going to again go into, into that again. Family, house, uh, uh, riches, everything. He's sitting in ashes and boils on his body when he says this. I, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm not going to lose my lack of integrity. Amen. So it's, sometimes it's easy to have integrity when everything is right and everything is good. But this man is saying no matter what happens, my lips will not speak wickedness. My tongue will not utter deceit. And he says, I'm going to die with integrity. And church, we got to remember one day when we die, we pass into eternity. We're leaving something behind. Amen. I'm not, I don't have time to go in that. I could kind of go a different direction and preach a whole other message about our name. Amen. That, that when our name is mentioned, we want, we want good things to come into people's minds. We want good thoughts to come into people's hearts. We, as we say a lot of times, we don't want people to have to lie at our funeral. Amen. We don't want to have to people to, to, to beat around the bush. We want to make sure that if we don't leave anything else behind, we leave behind a good name. And, and that takes work. Can you say amen? And so it is vitally important that we as believers, men and women, be men and women of integrity. I want you to write down just a couple or three quotes tonight that, I, that I've chosen, and, I, and I, I think they're really powerful and important. And these are kind of some of those ones that I say that, that you could go back over or you could put somewhere where you would remember it or learn it because these are things that we need to remind ourselves of in situations where we can lack integrity, where we can lack um, God's character. And listen to this. This is, this is what integrity is. It's doing the right thing when no one is watching. That's what integrity is. It, it's easy to do something right when you're looking over and, and somebody has their eyes on you and you realize that, that, that they're seeing what you're doing or not doing. But integrity is doing things right when nobody's watching. So you're not doing it for a, a, a pat on the back. You're not doing it because you want someone to see it. You're doing it simply because it's right. Because it's right. It's right. Somebody say, it's right. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs, there is a way that seems right unto man, but it leads to destruction. So we don't need to go the way of man. And listen, we know that our hearts tonight are wickedly deceitful. The Bible says in Jeremiah, who can know it? So we got to be careful that we're not following our heart, but that we're making sure our heart is in check with God and his word. And this is something we all have to work on. So integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. 
Exodus 18.21. I'm going to ask you tonight just to write these down unless I ask you to go look at it because I don't want you to miss what I'm reading as we're trying to find it. That's why it's taking notes is good. So Exodus 18.21, Moses is speaking. uh, He's he's dealing in this words, and he says, Moreover, he tells God, or God tells Moses, I want you to select some people. He's saying, when he says, I'm going to select some people, what he's doing is saying, as I said at the beginning, I've got some people I want to use, and here's here's what I need to to use these people. Here's here's my my requirements. I need them to be people uh, people that are able men and that fear God and that are people of truth, that hate covetousness and place such over them to be rulers of thousands Rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And so we have to understand that if I'm going to do something for God, I don't know if God's plan for me or my capacity as a leader is to be over ten or fifty or hundreds or thousands. That's God's, that's God's part. My part is to be faithful in whatever he puts me over. And, and, I, and I told this church in the leadership thing over there that you have to be faithful in the little things before God will ever give you the opportunity to be faithful in big things. If you don't have integrity and character in the small things, God cannot trust you with bigger things. And so we have to make sure we say, God, help me have the right heart and, and, and not be so focused on, on a, a position, so to speak, or, or a placement from, or, 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 or an admiration in man's eyes. But at the end of the day, I need to make sure I want to please God. Salvation is individual. It's personal. I can't live for you. You can't live for me. I say that all the time. At the end of the day, Every single one of us, church, are going to stand before God on our own. On our own. We have to stand on our own two feet. There's nothing wrong with having that great relationship with your spouse and your kids and friends. It's an awesome thing to walk hand in hand together in unity. And there's power in numbers and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you and I stand under the spotlight that I'm standing under right now with God by ourselves. We have to make sure that by myself, I'm in good standing with God. And the way I'm going to be in good standing with God is that if I walk in integrity. And I understand that I'm going to to fall short. I want you to understand that. As a human being, you're going to fall short. There's going to be times, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. Making a mistake does not mean that you cannot be in integrity. But we'll see in a second that you can fix the mistake. Integrity is being able to make a mistake, recognize you made a mistake, and then fixing that mistake instead of just saying, well, I made a mistake, I'll just let it go. We can go back and fix it. So I said at the beginning, you want the blessings of God, you want to be used by God, we need integrity. I understand myself, the more that God wants to use me, or the more that I want to be used by God, the more I have to walk in integrity. I have, to, I have to realize there are things that I can, I can think. There are things that I can see. There are things that I can do. And, and I say, well, God will forgive me. But when I do that and I have that attitude, then I miss out on the anointing that God has for my life because he's, he wants to do something greater in me. And he's saying, hey, I'm watching you in those moments when nobody else is watching you. I'm, I'm not, you do you realize it's easy to do right when you're in a crowd? 
when people are watching and, and there'll be repercussions immediately. I mean, it'd be easy not to steal something in a store with five people watching you. But, but what if the opportunity arises to steal something when nobody's watching? It's not, it's not integrity and character to do the right thing in a crowd. Integrity and character is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Nobody's looking. I want you to go with me. I do want you to see this, the second Samuel chapter 24. And we're going to look at a little quick story about David. I believe there's a famine of integrity in the world today. Amen? A lack of true integrity. And you know where the beginning of integrity starts? With me. With you. Amen? It doesn't start with somebody else. It starts with me. And I say, God, how, how can I have integrity tonight? How can I make things right? How can I walk in a way that is pleasing to you and honoring you? And, 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 and this is where the heart does come in. Although it's deceitful, we say, God, keep my heart pure so that every time a situation arises, I can do the right thing to the best of my ability. So let's look at this story. Many of you will know this. Um, give you just a quick summary uh, this is 2 Samuel chapter 24. David is, is beginning to see a move of God. He's beginning to, 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 to get territory. He's beginning to see victory. And, and the numbers are growing. Things, things are beginning to happen that are good in his life. When good things begin to happen and, and God begins to move in our lives, we should be thankful, but we also have to be careful. Because God does not want us to be prideful. He wants us to stay humble. And we see in this story here that David begins to get prideful. And it's easy, how many know it's easy to get prideful? Prideful's a da- pride is a dangerous thing. And so just before I read it, I'll, I'll give you the example. He, he begins to probably sit back at night and think, man, God is really moving. We've got a lot of people. And our and our armies are strong, and there's and we're man, we can't lose, and 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 might have had that spirit of we're undefeated. See, when I preached that on Easter, it wasn't about us. We're not undefeated because of us. We're undefeated because of Jesus and what He did on the cross. Amen. Absolutely, for that reason only. So if I begin to be undefeated because I'm a I'm a good person or I'm a good this or I'm a good that that's where danger begins to come in. David's sitting back saying, "Man, we are really doing something here," and and that spirit of pride begins to come in. And then he in verse ten, if you look at this, well ver- verses one through nine, he says to his servant Joab, "Let's look at two actually, verse two. Um, go back." And he says to the king, king says to Joab in verse 2, the commander of the army who was with him, he goes, go throughout all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and count the people that I may know the number of the people. That doesn't sound very harmful, does it? I remember when I first read this and I first started in the ministry, I, knew, I couldn't understand. I, I, when I first got saved, I didn't understand that you could, like, actually go figure things out, why, why things happen. I just read it and, like, wow, that, what, why, he just... He just wanted to count people. What's wrong with that? But when you begin to study the Bible, you begin to see the the motives behind, you begin to understand the story, he was doing that out of pride, and God didn't tell him to do it. Just like when Moses struck the rock, and he wasn't supposed to strike the rock. 
pride comes in. You begin, to, you, got, you, you begin to see a little fruit in your life, a little blessing in your life, and then, oh, man, this is me. And David says, let's count them. And watch what happens. If you, if you are in the right place, church, listen to this, you'll have somebody who will try to help you not make a mistake. We just got to listen to the people around us. Wise counsel. Look what verse 3 says. Joab said, now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times more than there are, and may the Lord, eyes of the Lord, the king, see it. Why does the Lord king desire this thing? So what he says, what he's saying is, hey, we're doing an awesome thing here. God is moving. We don't have to count, though. Let's just, let's just, let's just be thankful for what we got. Let's not get prideful. And Joab says, don't do this. He gives him a little warning, says, I don't think we should do this. David doesn't listen. And look at verse 10. Comes back in verse 9, gives him the number. We don't even know what the number is. Oh, yeah, 800,000. Sorry, 800,000 valiant men. That, that would get, that'd get you prideful. Man, we got a church of 800,000. That's a lot of people. And then Judah, 500,000. So anyways, verse 10. David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. And so David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly. In what I have done. But now I pray, Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now, look what we see here. We see somebody make a mistake. How many know the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart? Here he makes a mistake. But what, what, what could he have done? He could have just said, Man, I, I, I made a mistake. Sorry, and, and, or maybe not even been sorry, just, hey, or not even realized it maybe. Just kept going. And then what would have happened is, is the punishment or, or the fruit of his decision would have caught up to him later. we got to understand tonight, those things we do in private, they'll catch up to us later in public. They, we, we've got to remind ourselves. I'm not, I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm just saying we've got to remember that if I, if I try to do something uh, shortcut. Let's 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 make it not even sinful. Let's make that shortcut. That shortcut. We have a saying in Spanish: "El barato sale caro," and this just works better in Spanish. Amen. Cheap becomes expensive. Anytime you try to fix something cheap, it's going to be more expensive. It would have cost you fifty bucks the first time, so it cost you five hundred to fix it the second time. How many know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, it's, just, it's just that way. So he might say, you know what, I'm going to count the cost on this first time. I'm going to go ahead and do it right this first time, and then I won't have to do it a second time and spend ten times more money or have ten times more problems. And so, But here's an interesting thing. How many know I preach a lot and have taught you a lot in the Bible that, that, the, that if you're being condemned, that that's the devil? Okay? Now, notice here, he didn't say God condemned him. He said his heart condemned him. So in this sense, this is the sense of conviction. And, and, and this is what God hopes for in all of us. Listen closely to this. This is what God hopes for in all of us. That when we make a mistake, watch this. This is so much better. It's so much better if I make a mistake and instead of somebody else having to point it out to me, having somebody else have to rebuke me, having somebody else have to show me so much better if I come to the knowledge myself, man, I made a mistake, Lord. I am sorry for that. How can I fix it? So much better. 
Amen? Can I get a better amen? Maybe you didn't catch what I just said. It's so much better to come to the realization that I've made a mistake myself than to have somebody else tell me. So David is, we don't know the, the, the time frame here, but at some point he's probably praying and the Holy Spirit begins to deal with him and says, shouldn't have done that census. It was bad. It's, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit's kind of nudging him and saying, you can fix this right now and it, and it won't be so bad. Do the, do the right thing. Y'all with me? So let's go down to, um, here's how David fixes it. And this is really important. A lot of times we think, I'm going to fix this by repenting. Repenting is important. But sometimes there's a tangible thing that needs to be done. An actual action. And watch what happens. He repents. He says, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm reading 10 again. He says, I sinned greatly in what I've done. Now I pray, Lord, take the iniquity away from your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And then let's look down here at verse 24. Give me an amen if you're there. Sorry, verse 22. Go back one more verse, 21. Then Aruna says, why, my Lord, has the king come to his servant? And David says, to buy the fresh threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Because, because of what David did, a plague came on, on the people. Okay? A bad plague. Now understand, I, I got to understand this, you got to understand this, we all got to understand this. When I, when I make mistakes and I do things wrong and, I don't know, and I'm not t- having the right heart, I'm affecting other people. I'm affecting other people. That's why we've got to strive for integrity. I'm affecting other people. So this plague comes on. So he says, I know what I need to do. I need to go make a, a, an altar to the Lord. I need to go and, 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 and uh, stand in front of the presence of the Lord and, and make this sacrifice to the Lord, make an offering to the Lord so he'll withdraw this plague. Okay? Now watch what happens. He says, that's why I want this. 22 says, now Aruna says to David, let my Lord the king take and offer whatever seems good to him. Here's some oxen for the burnt sacrifice. Here's the threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for food. All these, O King Aruna, has given to the king. And Aruna said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. That's, that's a blessing. Amen. That's a blessing. When somebody gives you something for free, that's a blessing. Except in this case. <laughs> Except in this case because... He's supposed to be fixing his problem. He's supposed to be making it right. See, you can make a mistake and have a lack of integrity, but you can find out you made a mistake and then you can fix it. And it shows a show of integrity. Because everybody makes mistakes. Can I get an amen? Everybody makes mistakes. The lack of integrity is when you make a mistake and you, and you patch it up with another mistake. And then you patch that up with another lie. And you patch that up with another thing. And when I'm always, I'm always reminding this of myself and also when I encourage people to try to get their lives right for God, you might have heard me say this. I say, do the right thing. And then tomorrow, follow that up with doing the right thing again. And then follow that up with doing something else right again. And then if in there somewhere you do the wrong thing, don't follow it up with doing the, right, the wrong thing again. Amen. That's a good way to live. We're going to make mistakes. We're human. But what happens when God reveals it to us and I can fix it, 
Now he's here to fix it, and, and God kind of throws a test in there and says, okay, I'm going to have this guy bless him and just offer him all this stuff. Watch what David says. Watch how David fixes his mistake. Verse 24. The king says to Aruna, no, I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. And so David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt sacrifices, offerings, sorry, and peace offerings. And watch this. The Lord heeded the prayers for the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Proof right there we can make a mistake and fix it and still have the blessing of God. But we don't make the mistake knowing we can fix it to have the blessing of God. That's the difference, right? We don't, because that's how we can think sometimes. Well, if I, may, if I make a mistake, I'll just fix it. And there's a difference between making a mistake on accident and making a mistake on purpose. Y'all following me? Okay? So we have to be careful that our heart doesn't do that. that oh, God will forgive me. That's what a lot of people, oh, God will forgive me. And we got to make sure that we're, that's not our heart, because that's not the heart of God. How many are still here? So you make things right. Now, how many want to be successful? Amen? If you're smart, you want to be successful in God, in your family, in your job, in your business, and whatever. But here's, here's the problem. Today, a lot of people have gotten success without integrity. Is that true? A lot of people have climbed the ladder without integrity. And, 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 and so the problem is, is they keep climbing the ladder and they keep getting more things and, and more power and all that. But eventually, that, that's, it's, like the, it's like the wise man building his house on the sand. It's eventually going to fall. And look at some, I could have gave examples tonight, but I didn't want to go and try to find them. I, mean, we don't have, I don't even have to give you examples. There are a dime a dozen in our culture of people doing the wrong thing and, being, and, being, and being, not being transparent. But here's, here's a statement for Write this down. Success is great. Not this part. Success is great. Here's what you write down. Success without integrity is failure. Success without integrity is failure. It takes a man or woman of God to understand that. That, that. that right there needs the Holy Spirit because the world doesn't understand that. Success is success. Success is success in the world's eyes. Don't we have a whole lot of people today that are, that are being powered by the Illuminati and being powered by selling their soul to the devil and they're filthy rich and famous and have this platform and they're successful, aren't they? Yeah, they're successful, but they don't have any integrity, and so it's going to fail. That's why Jesus said, what does it gain, profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So every step that you take in business, every step that you take in your job, every step that you take in building a church, in building a ministry, in building your family, you got to make sure you're doing it with steps of integrity so it will last. So that when we're gone, our, 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 our solid foundation is still there and there's no holes in it. There's no kinks in the armor. Psalms chapter 7, 3 to 5, I'm going to begin to close here. Oh, Lord, my God, I've done this. David says, if there is iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who is at peace with me or have plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. 
And then he has this understanding. The Lord shall judge people. Judge me, O Lord. You want to have a bold, hear a bold statement? David says, judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. That's the prayer we should want to make tonight. Lord, judge me according to the integrity within me. We don't have to be afraid of that. So I've said this the entire message. I'm going to say it again. We're not perfect. God understands that. Nobody understands that better than God. Okay, we don't, we, he understands that. We're not perfect. But we are called to be seeking perfection. We're called to be trying to get as high up there, to, as close to God as we can, and, and work in that perfection in every area of our lives. Listen, and the most important thing is be consistent in it. Be consistent in it. If you're making it for God tonight, it's because you're being consistent in the right things. You're doing the right things over and over again. Listen to this. I want you to write this down if you can. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. Courage over comfort. I have always understood that the road less traveled is most most of the time God's will. Integrity is choosing what is right over what is fun and fast or easy. Have you noticed that? And choosing to practice values rather than simply professing them. A lot of people profess values but don't have them. That's what we should not be tonight. Can you say amen? The integrity of the heart, Proverbs 11 says, will guide us, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy us. Do you hear that? The integrity of the righteous will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Now, I'm going to read as Kristen begins to play something I think will help us tonight. How many, how many like diagnosis? Be able to say, like, you, you got it, your check engine light comes on? I like to be able to go find out what the reason the check engine light. I like that. If I'm, if I'm not doing um, good in my marriage, if I, if I feel like I'm not holding up what I'm supposed to do, I like to go to my wife and say, what, what, am I, what can I do better? How can I make you happy? How can I make this where I'm a good husband? I like her to tell me what I'm doing wrong. That's just the way I am. That's the way we should be as believers. I need a diagnosis. Tell me it so I can fix it. Because my heart, if my heart's right, I'm not on purposely trying to have a bad marriage. That'd be stupid. I'm not on purposely trying to, you know, I'm trying to do things right. Tell me. Tell me. You know what? Listen to this closely tonight. The best thing you can do when you have a problem with somebody is go tell them. Not go tell somebody else about them. It's hard to fix something when you don't tell that person directly. It's tough. If my wife, if we had marital problems and she went and told all the women in the church, man, my, my husband this and my husband that, it would be real difficult for me to fix it. But if she told me, I could say, man, I, you know what? I've been doing it on purpose and I just like it. I like hurting you. Or I could say I had no idea I was doing that. Or I'm going to work on that. Come on. So there's a reward. Psalms 18.20 says, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, and according to the cleansing of my hands, he has recompensed me. That's a hard word in English. He has rewarded me. How many want that reward? Now watch. Listen closely. Listen closely. 
I'm going to take just a minute. You good, Kristen? Two minutes, all I need here. This is real important, and I'll give this to anybody that needs it. Something I sh- I'm going to tape in my office. Five, five signs that you're lacking integrity. Okay, five signs you're lacking integrity. If, if I just said that and you went, oh, I don't want to hear it, that, there's a problem. I don't even have to get into the five. But if I said that and your spirit says, man, I want to know. I want to know what, what some signs are. I want to know because I want to, I want to do everything I can to fix it. That's the God. That's the heart of God. Number one is it's all about you. You're lacking integrity if everything's about you. You say it's about God. You say it's about others. But God knows your heart. And when it's all about you all the time, you're lacking integrity. Now watch. I want to, this, this selfishness, listen closely, harms organizations, families, and friends. It's all about you, but you'll never go the distance. Or if you go the distance, you're going to hurt a lot of people in the process. And God wants to do big things in your life. So integrity says, it's not about me. It's about God first, and it's about other people. Number two, your self-esteem rises and falls with the opinions of others. Your self-esteem rises and falls with the opinions of others. Now, I'm not saying that the opinion of another person doesn't hurt you or, or kind of, whoa, I'm not saying that, but you believe it. You're so insecure that you believe it, and, and, and when someone tells you you're good, you're, you're good, and when someone tells you you're bad, you're bad. You're up and down. Number three, you're hiding things. If you're hiding things, you're lacking integrity. A Christian should never hide things. Now listen closely to this. This is important. You shouldn't be telling everyone everything. That's not healthy. Can I get an amen? I, I get tired of seeing everybody's everything on Facebook. I mean, goodness, grief. We don't care. We don't need to hear. We don't need to know that. Tell somebody close to you about that. Come on, don't shut me off. So it's not healthy to tell everyone everything, but you do need to tell someone everything because you shouldn't be hiding things. Got to be transparent. Keeping secrets, you're heading for a fall. You got to have an inner circle. You got to have some people you can talk to. You got to have some people you can confide in. You got to have some people that you can trust, that you can be real with and say, listen, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling. I had, had someone not in this country just the other day call me and from Costa Rica and not a family member call me and say, listen, I'm struggling with something. I need to be accountable to somebody. Help me. That's, that's important that someone can call and say, I'm, I'm struggling. I need help. Number four, you fail to do what you said you're going to do. That's a sign of a lack of integrity. You say you're going to do something and you don't fall. Now, all these things I'm mentioning are not things you do every once in a while. This is a pattern. And, and only the Holy Spirit can reveal those things to us. And, and, and we can go back and look at these things and say, God, help me on these things. And number five, you make too many compromises. 
You make too many compromises. Leadership and walking with the Lord is not about getting everyone to like you. It's about doing what's right. It's about having character and integrity and saying, Lord, if I'm the only one standing, not in a prideful way, but I'm going to do what's right if I'm the only one that does it. And I'm going to make sure that I major in the minors, focus on those little things. Father, I ask tonight, as we're praying about this and, and dealing with our hearts, that we would just say, God, I, I want to be. I, I have such a desire. Lord, I, I'm, I can't lie to you in front of these people. I can't, I can't hide anything from you. You know my heart tonight. You know my desire, and I hope everyone's desiring here, to have a heart of integrity. Lord, to understand that we're not successful if we have to lie. We're not successful if we have to cheat. We're not successful if we have to do things wrong to, to get up the ladder. God, we, if, it, if it takes forever to do, to do what we're trying to do right, Lord, we're just going to take forever. We're not looking for shortcuts. We're looking for the blessing of God. We're looking for the hand of God on our lives. We're looking to be used. And I just pray tonight, Lord, all across this place that we would come into agreement and we would understand tonight, Lord, that at this moment, God, you're moving in our lives. Just like you were moving in David and those armies and there was growth and, 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 and there was change. Father, we humble ourselves tonight. We humble ourselves. I humble myself. And I, and I give you all the glory for anything good that's happening in my life. Any favor, any growth, anything, Lord, that's happening that's good, I give you the glory. And I ask you, Lord, to help me stay pure. And I ask you, Lord, tonight to help me keep my heart on the, on the right things. And, Lord, help me not to have any of these things in my life that are signs of integrity. And if there's things here that I'm doing, if it's all about me or my self-esteem goes up and down or I'm hiding things or I don't do what I say I'm going to do or I'm compromising, if any of these things are in my life, reveal them to me and help me to fix them tonight, Lord, as David fixed his. Because at the end of the day, Lord, I want to walk in your integrity as Proverbs 27 says, and I want my children to be blessed after me.